Hi, this is a message from Life Church Leeds. We hope it encourages and helps you. This week, I just wanted to give a simple thought really on this first Sunday and um, just leave you with something to maybe ponder on and to think about. It's in Genesis chapter 32 is where we're going. Genesis 32 reading from verse 22 to 32. It says this, That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. You just have to understand and put the Bible into context before some of you go up and go, we can have two. (laughs) No, you can have one wife, and one husband, okay? Context of the time, just in case some of you leave going, well, I'm going to that life church again. You can have as many wives as you want. If you really want, you can have 11 sons. Nothing's stopping you from doing that other than getting a television. Um, after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Everybody say wrestled. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name, Jacob? He answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but it will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Did you know that about people who don't eat that kind of food? Well, well, Christmas Day, many of you were were chomping into the tendons of your turkey, so you clearly aren't the Israelites. I want to talk about this just for a few moments here, this passage about Jacob wrestles with God. That's the kids in a kid's church having a time of prayer. We started a tradition in our household about a year ago now, um, me and my two boys, two oldest boys, Jay and Sonny. And what I was realising on a Friday night after a week of school, kind of a little bit tired and it's the end of the week. And so I thought we need to kind of establish a Friday night tradition in our house. And so about a year, over a year and a half ago, we started something. And they are boys and boys, how many of you know, sometimes boys have a lot of energy and kind of just want to... Get it out, don't they, Tyrone? And so we started, we started wrestling, okay? Friday night became, became, became Friday night wrestling night, okay? And then we at, added something to the wrestling, which we did after the wrestling, which was eating ribs. So we, Friday night in our house is ribs and wrestling night, okay? So if you ever come to our house on a Friday night, you need to bring some ribs and be ready for a wrestle, And so what we do is we set the lounge up, okay, we move everything to the side, and um, I normally 
do an intro in the blue corner and we do the whole thing and Sonny runs in and takes the applause of everyone there, just me, Abs and the other two babies. And then Jay, who is the undisputed champion of the world. And then I do my own intro for me. Dave Niblock, the best wrestler the world has ever seen. 45 fights, 45 wins. He is the, you know. And we have a little competition and I fight them and then they fight me and then they fight each other and it normally ends in tears. <laughs> and then we eat ribs. And then they go to bed. Yes. And that's our Friday night tradition. We do it every, every week, whenever we can. But there's a reason to it, because what I was realising with, with the boys, and this might sound a little bit macho, I'm not trying it to sound macho, but there is something about the young boys especially, and I have another boy who's two, who, he's trying to get involved, last time we did it, he stripped down to his nappy and started getting involved as well. <laughs> and Selen, who is our girl, is a little bit more delicate and likes to watch on the sidelines, but you can see there's a, she's going to get involved soon. Abs yet doesn't get involved. Um, But I realised there was a desire in my two elder boys to kind of fight a little bit. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's just something in boys that want to kind of test their strength and, you know, like maximise that. And I'm sure it's the same sometimes in girls, okay? So I'm not trying to distinguish. But I'm just saying, in my boys, that was what I noticed. And so there was a closeness... And there's an intimacy that comes from wrestling that doesn't come from playing snooker or doesn't come from playing table tennis or playing darts. There is something about wrestling, like being super close, which is why wrestling's not the kind of thing you just do with a random stranger in the street, okay? Unless it's an organized wrestling fight, because there is a closeness with wrestling. There is an attachment There is nothing delicate about wrestling. And Jacob wrestles with God. And I just want us to give you this simple thought this this today for the remainder of the year. And I want to encourage you. And I want to encourage in your walk with God. Make a decision this year to wrestle with God. And to wrestle with the things of God. Don't see wrestling as something that Jacob shouldn't have done. Don't see wrestling as a, as a bad activity, as a, as a naughty activity. No, wrestling is something that is inside Jacob. There was a desire to go, God, I'm not going to leave you in this place. I'm not going to leave here as we are. We're going to fight this out. We're going to wrestle this out. And I want to encourage you to make a decision to wrestle with God. And I'll explain kind of what that means. But this year... This year will present you with two major options. And the options are fairly simple. The first option, or the first opportunity, is to walk this way, moving away from the things of God. Or to walk this way, moving closer to the things of God. The Bible is very clear. You know, you choose today who you will serve. Choose life. Choose to serve God. And the simplicity says, move towards the things of God rather than away from the things of God. And so from the youngest to the eldest in this room, can I encourage us to be a church, to be a people that have a desire to move towards the things of God. And when you move towards the things of God, sometimes that involves a struggle. 
As you move towards the things of God, sometimes we think it should make everything easy and it should answer all our questions and everything should just be a smooth sailing year. But what I've realised, walking with God now for (laughs) 40 years, celebrated three days ago, and um, yeah, it's a weird thought. But what I've realised in that is as I walk towards the things of God, as I get closer to the things of God, the struggle sometimes increases. And we sometimes think in our Christian faith there should be no struggle. But actually, no, I think the struggle comes alongside the Christian faith. I think the Christian faith almost thrives almost in this Jacob kind of struggle where you kind of want to wrestle some things out. You want to discuss some things. You want to talk some things You want to pray into some situations. And I encourage you this year, don't sometimes just avoid or run away from the struggle, but realise that the struggle might have purpose for you. We sometimes have negative connotations with the struggle. And someone is struggling in life, they're struggling in their workplace, maybe they're struggling in a relationship, maybe they're struggling in their health, they're struggling in different things. And we can look at it and go, oh... That must be hard or maybe something's wrong or maybe it's a bad decision they've made. And and maybe that is true in some aspect. But when I realise, when I read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it is man of God and woman of God time after time who have a struggle with God. Moses had a struggle. Jonah had a struggle. (laughs) David had a struggle. Peter had a struggle. Jacob had a struggle. They have these struggles with God and they are not always a bad thing. Struggles are part of our faith journey because I realised any blessing that you receive is normally the result of a struggle somewhere. The Bible says, Jacob says, I'm not going until you bless me. And sometimes we want to be blessed in our workplace. It's going to require a struggle in our workplace. Sometimes we want to be blessed in our finances. How many of you know it's going to take a struggle in our finances? You've got what's called work hard. Sometimes you want blessing in your marriage, but if you want blessing in your marriage, sometimes you've got to go through some struggles in your marriage. You want blessing in your friendships, sometimes you've got to go through some struggles in your friendships. I think we're part of a generation now that almost just wants the blessing on a plate. Well, that having to go through anything or having to do anything or have to struggle through anything, it's almost like I deserve the blessing. And yes, you do deserve the blessing, but the blessing sometimes accompanies the struggle. And so let's not be so anti the struggle. Let's understand that the blessing that we receive from God is often a result of a struggle somewhere. But I do encourage you this year, choose what you decide to wrestle with. Choose what you decide to wrestle with. Don't waste your strength wrestling things that don't matter and are not part of your future. Don't spend your time wrestling things that no longer matter and are not part of your future. Don't keep wrestling with a memory from 20 years ago. Don't keep wrestling with a relationship that died 15 years ago. Don't keep wrestling with something that should have happened, but it didn't happen. No, make a decision. You leave that there and you move on and you move forward and you give strength and you give energy to things that matter to things that make a difference, to people who matter to you. There are some people in your life, they are long gone. Long gone. Cheerio, cheerio. That's what you say when a player gets sent off. They're long gone. But yet some of you are still wasting your strength, your energy, 
trying to wrestle with things that just need to be said goodbye to. Do what Jacob does. Save your strength to wrestle with things that matter. Wrestle with things that are going to bring blessing, not simply burdens. And so choose what you will wrestle with this year. Because I sometimes think we prefer to wrestle with the world than we prefer to wrestle with God's word. (laughs) We prefer to wrestle with the things of the world while we politely shake God's hand. (laughs) We want to wrestle with politics. We want to wrestle with COVID-19. We want to wrestle with, I don't know, business ideas here. We want to wrestle with things that sure have a level of importance, but yet in our relationship with God, it's very polite. No, wrestle, get close, get intimate. Get the struggle going with things that matter, the things of God. Because God is cool with you wrestling with him. Some of you are wrestling with your theology right now. That's okay. I think it's good to talk about your theology. I think it's good to wrestle with your theology. I think you need to wrestle with it with wisdom. And I think you need to wrestle with it with the right people in the right context. in the right Because otherwise you can quickly go off course. But how many of you sometimes, sometimes just believe things because that's what we've always believed? Well, we do that because that's what we've always done. You need to get to the why. You need to get to the why of what you do. The why of what you believe. Well, we've always tithed. Well, we've always given money. That's, that's what we do. And I encourage you to do that because I think that is a good thing to do. But maybe it's a good idea to start wrestling with the revelation of that. Start wrestling with the revelation of giving. Start wrestling with the revelation of prayer. Start wrestling with the revelation of discipleship and fellowship and serving and being God's house. Start wrestling with aspects of your theology. That's okay. Some of you are wrestling with your current present experiences of life. That is okay. I think we are all wrestling with the new way of life. There is a new way of life that we are living in right now. Many of you have never worked from home. You are now working from home. Many of you haven't you know, been able to do this. And some of you have changed many aspects of how you do life and how you live life. And many of you are wrestling with the new way of life. And it's been a struggle. And guess what? Like Jacob, we've changed as a result. But that is okay. But if anything or anyone is going to change you this year, let it be God. Let it be God who changes you. For Jacob, you can read the story of Jacob, but he was on a journey and all sorts of things had gone on. And right from birth, when he, you know, there's almost like a level of deception within him, trying to kind of fast track, cheat his way into different things. And yet the only one who can truly change Jacob is God. And how does the change come through a wrestle with God? No longer will you be Jacob, but you will be Israel. Don't just allow your workplace to change you. Don't just allow your family to change you. Don't just allow the media to change you. No, allow God to change you. He is the only one who can change your name. He is the only one who can really tell you who you truly are. And so let it be God. And so a few things, just really simply, from this passage of scripture. And then we'll close for today. But the first thing I want to say is this. When Jacob wrestles with God, guess who he's with? Nobody. He's alone. The Bible says Jacob was alone. 
I don't know if you like being alone. I do sometimes. <laughs> I think being alone is healthy times. I don't think it's healthy to be alone all the time. But there are times in your relationship with God when you need to be alone. That's why the Bible sometimes says you need to get into your closet, shut the door and spend some time with God. If that means climbing up a mountain, if that means going for a walk, if that means going for a swim, whatever it does, however you connect with God, find some time where you can be alone. This gathering is great. Your small group is great. Your life group is great. Being at youth on a Friday night is great. Being at YA on a Thursday is great. Being with friends all the time is great because we don't want to be alone. And I get that. And I believe in fellowship and I believe in community. And this year we're going to ramp that up like never before. But alongside that, you need to have some alone time with God. The Bible says Jacob was alone. You need some one-on-one. Second thing I like from this story, and I kind of like it from Jacob, he has an ask of God. In this time of wrestling, he's asking God questions. I'm not leaving. We're not stopping until you bless me. Until you bless me and we're not stopping. And what I find interesting about God, God blessed him. He asked for it and God gave it. Why? Because God is interested in giving the desires of your heart when they are in line with his desires. And God blessed Jacob. I will not let you go unless you bless me. And I want to encourage you this year, church, where is your ask on God? Because God is cool with you asking him things. Where's your level of ask? The Bible says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or think or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. But sometimes we don't ask for anything. It was funny when Christmas came, Sonny, who's our four-year-old, I kept asking him what would he like for Christmas. And he kept telling me three things. Three things, like, that's all I want, Dad. I want three things. I want three. I'm like, but what are the three things? He wanted a camouflage hat. He wanted a bell for his bike. And he wanted a Noah's art book. And I'm there going, yeah, I can get you those things. And I can probably get you a little bit more. Nope. It's like, I don't want anything else. So I asked him like three times. And then I was like, like that's it, done. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> a camouflage hat, a bell for his bike, and a Noah's art book. But in me, the dad, I'm there going, I could do more. I could do more. And if he asked for more, I would have seen if I had had the possibility to do more. Christmas Eve, he did ask for an electric bike. (laughs) Number one, shops are shut. And number two, it's way out of our price budget. But for three weeks before, it was only those three things. But some of you go to God in the same way. And you want your camouflage hat and you want your bell for your bike. And God's going, I can give you that. But I can also give you some more. I can also give you some more. I can give you 12 basketfuls left over. I can give you, the Bible says, so much that it's overflowing. The Bible says he opens the windows of heaven. He opens the cattle on a thousand hills. And I'm not just talking about finance. I'm not talking about possessions. But I tell you what, some of you need to believe God for some of that this year. Some of you wanted a car. You've never had a car. could never afford a car. We'll never be able to get a car. This year, ask God for a car. Ask God for a Tesla, an electric one. You don't even have to put petrol in it. 
Some of you are like, we can never get a house. We'll never be able to buy a house. We'll always have to rent. We'll always have to rent a little house. Well, maybe this year. Why can't we begin to ask God for blessings in those areas? Some of you go to the laundrette every other day because you can't afford a washing machine. We can't afford a tumble dryer and things like that. And we're getting practical now. We sometimes go, well, I'll politely shake God's hand and go, well, that's okay. And there's the struggle that maybe you've been through. But maybe in your struggle, say, God, it'd be awesome if I could get a washing machine. God, it'd be awesome if we were able to do this, if we were able to do that. And I'm not just talking about stuff. For some of you, the blessing goes far beyond that, where you're asking God has been small. But God, be like Jacob Church and ask God to bless you. Third thing I like from this story is that God will empower you to overcome your daily struggles. God will empower you to overcome your daily struggles. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and you've struggled with humans and you have overcome. (laughs) Some of you have struggles with humans. (laughs) Some of you have struggles with God, but some of you have struggles with humans. And I believe this year God is going to empower you to overcome in some of those daily struggles. Where they take you down, where it wipes you out, where maybe it's a boss, maybe it's a colleague, maybe it's a family member and it just really, really takes you down. I believe this year that God is going to empower you as you wrestle with God to overcome some of your daily struggles. And what I like, fourth point. It says God blessed him. But where does it say he God blessed him? In verse 29, why do you ask my name? Then God blessed him there. God blessed him there. God blessed him right where he was. And some of you think you need to be there or move or go here or do that. No, God blessed him there. Some of you might not be in the perfect job right now. You might not be living in your perfect dream house right now. You might not be in the perfect situation right now. Guess what? God can bless you there. We don't always have to wait for the grass to be green. We don't have to wait where the blessing will come in 2024. No, God can bless you there. And I encourage you this year, church, let's be a church that wrestles with God. And can I also say, can we be a church that decides to get close and intimate and a bit of rough and tumble before you eat your ribs with the word of God. Because many of the situations and many of the struggles in our life are answered by the word of God. And if we don't get into the word of God, this might sound brutal, but we're going to be malnourished. We're going to be hungry. We're going to be thirsty. We can be sick in our soul because this is life to us. The word of God is bread to us. It is a rock for us. It is a light that goes before us. This explains you to you. And this explains everyone else to you. This strengthens your walk with God. It doesn't weaken it. And whether it's reading a Bible, whether it's reading an app on a phone, whether it's reading a scripture, whether it's having a McDonald's with a friend and talking about a scripture, 
get into the word and the things of God. Some of you have done it for years and it's hard because it's like, well, I'm so familiar with the Bible. I'm so familiar with the word of God. I kind of, kind of know it. And I'm sure there's another reading plan this year that we're going to do and seek first. I know that's what we're going to be talking about, but you've lost your desire. And you need to re-wrestle a desire for the word of God. Because you cannot develop a desire for it until you first taste it. Sometimes we want to desire something, but we never taste it. But have you ever had a taste of something? Oh, that was nice. And now you're desiring. Now all you're thinking about is having that. And your desire, I believe, will develop as you grow a taste for it. And so some of you are very disciplined when it comes to the Word of God. And that's good. But you simply can't build a commitment to the Word of God based on discipline. I think it has to come from a desire. And as you develop a desire, desire becomes dedication. And as you develop a dedication, dedication becomes discipline. And as you be developing your discipline, guess what you become? A disciple. And that is our goal this year, to become disciples of Jesus Christ. And if you were at our soul night that we did in November where we spoke about our, the new beginnings of our church in the next few weeks and months that we're going to be leading into, and we'll talk maybe more about that in a couple of weeks. Top of our priority this year was the sense of discipleship. The sense of us becoming more like Christ. We spoke about how the ultimate goal is, guess what? It's transformation. It's transformed lives. It's transformed marriages. It's transformed businesses. It's transformed cities. It's transformation. Transformed people who've been drug addicts who are no longer drug addicts. People who are, people have been in prison who keep reoffending. Surely the aim is transformation, right? But where does transformation come from? Transformation comes from ultimately the commitment to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because as we become more like Christ, that will lead to the transformation. And how do we become more like Christ? What does that discipleship process look like? It looks like community. It looks like sitting around tables. It looks like sitting in people's homes. It looks like opening the word of God together. It looks like praying with each other. It looks like getting our conversations and wrestling with our conversations so they go deeper than they've gone before. So a desire leads to dedication and dedication leads to discipline and discipline leads to you becoming a disciple. And if you can do that, this is a big statement, but I believe it. The Bible will help you in every single area of your life. It will help you in every single area of your life. And so this year, at the start of this year, not just on a Friday night, but get your wrestling face on. Get you in a place where we're going to wrestle this through. We're going to wrestle some conversations through. We're going to wrestle some relationships through, which might be, and it just doesn't feel right. Let's wrestle them out. Let's be godly in our approach. Let's be godly in our approach to those things. But let's not be afraid to get open and intimate and sweaty and a little bit angry sometimes and a little bit agitated and a little bit with God it's okay he's cool with that 
because he'll change you. The Bible says Jacob was so changed by the wrestle he had with God that he'd always walk with a limp as a result of that. And our walk this year will be vastly different if we commit to wrestle with God. Your walk will be different. It will be noticeable to you and it will be noticeable to others. So this year, let's wrestle with God in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to show you something on the screen. I want to ask who wants to do this. We're gonna, I'm going to start, well, actually started yesterday, but many of you have heard about reading the Bible in a month. I think that's a lot to do. <laughs> okay. If you want to do that, go for it. I think it's called the Bible Shred. Okay. I'm kind of lowering my thing a little bit because I don't think I can do that. don't have the capacity right now. But what I am encouraging, if any of you want to do this, I'm going to put it on the screen here. This is a plan. Um, oh, we can't put the whole one on the screen. Maybe we'll send it to you via email. There's a, basically, we can read the whole of the New Testament through the month of January. Works out about eight or nine chapters a day. I think it's doable. And so I'm encouraging you. It started yesterday. Yesterday, was, yesterday, if you go to day one, Matthew 1 to 9. Today is Matthew 10 to 18. And you might think that sounds a lot. But if we can find some alone time, if we can just find a moment, let's get into the things of God. And that will set us up. It will create the foundation for the rest of the year. And so what we'll do at the end of this service, we'll try and put that on one screen and it can just be on there. And you can come and take a picture of that if you want. Maybe we'll put it into an email to you this week if you want to receive that or just come and speak to us and we'll be able to share that with you. A little plan for the next 30 days of how we can get into the Word of God together, put some practical steps on it. Through the month of January, we're looking at Seek First, and that is our theme across all of Life Church and so on. Social media and Instagram, you'll see little links of things that you can read or listen to or watch. And we're encouraging people just to spend this month getting into the things of God on your own and with others. And let's start this year as we mean to go on putting God first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness in Jesus' name. Amen.